0: about architecture, Martin Mull.
1: Welcome to Dichotomy, a podcast made by two guys who were raised in the same hometown, but went down different college paths, leading them to vastly different fields of experience. A show about life, the world we live in, and whatever is on our minds.
0: My name is Wyatt Haywood, and I'm the humanities part of the show. My name is Michael Mesmer, and I represent the STEM side. So, writing about music is like dancing about architecture, is a quote from Martin Mull, that I heard in a Matthew Colville video, the topic of which I cannot remember, and I thought that he came up with the quote until I looked it up later and learned it is actually by Martin Mole, who I also did not know about until Wyatt told me to Google him before (laughs) this episode. So, um, yes. Thank you for Google. I think this is fascinating because I had never thought about the idea of writing about something that has no actual... Writing about something that is so... The, the method of which you discuss and talk about the thing Or analyze it Is so separate from the medium with which The thing is actually performed Or done in or represented in And seeing as I have My lovely assistant friend Partner <laughs> here Wyatt, <laughs> <assistant>. <laughs> Who writes about art Which are two which Are two different mediums um, I thought he might have some things to say about this So, um, so Questions first of all Yes but- person who you found this quote Matthew, Matthew Colville what yes. does he do he is primarily he does Dungeons and Dragons videos about how to be a good dungeon master cool how to uh, or he does like campaign diaries about like oh we ran this campaign this is what happened this is what I would have done differently he does like other topics before like he like I'm sure this was in not a and d related video but I also could not find the video that this was from so so I mean in a sense he
1: is explaining an action that you do very instinctively instantaneously sure you plan for it a lot but not like you can't plan for it completely right so he's in essence writing about something that perhaps you wouldn't necessarily think about writing for Mm -hmm. and then the next question goes to what do you normally think writing is
0: used for i would say like it, it is a form of expression it, well that's actually a question I've never thought about before so you probably are thinking of creative writing maybe yes but also novels, in the, it also in the sense of record keeping I guess like it's the sense of like to me like the, the, the distinction or what writing is about is the fact that it is permanent in the sense that that is the distinction between writing and verbal and like speech is that mm-hmm. this is information that is con- conveyed I guess the closest medium would be speech because it's, it's language is the same thing that we converse in it lacks, uh, to, to some extent, it lacks the same like intonation and things that you can get across in speech. But for the most part, I think of it as anything that you would want to talk about, but you also either doesn't make sense to talk to someone about it, or it makes sense to have it written down somewhere and recorded, and in the sense that you can go back and edit it however you want, as opposed to talking is just, it's live, it's in the moment. It's very... It actually just straight up impossible to edit how you talk in a real uh live sense so yeah. that's kind of my take on that did you have something that you were like something different than that or did you have your
1: well it cracks me up because that is so step <laughs> yeah right yeah. it's record keeping of yeah kind of existence kind of thing it sounds like lab notes uh-huh. almost because i come from a world where like spoken word poetry is popular but you wouldn't think of like telling a person a fictional story right and yet i know you you love (laughs) novels you're yeah big novel person mm -hmm. and that wasn't at all in your list why would your record keeping be a novel
0: well okay i mean i think not not record keeping That that might not have been well, but still, record keeping, as in like you're recording something that's been spoken. The point to me, like the point of writing, I guess, is something that it is permanent in a way that verbal like speech is not, and it is also editable in a way that speech is not. So, I guess that to me is the point, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. of writing in the sense that it is in what makes it different and like useful in a way that speech or other forms of other mediums i guess are not yeah
1: so writing is explanatory Mm -hmm. In
0: all nature's
1: writing is explanatory when you text your friend you're explaining when you Mm -hmm. email your boss you're explaining you're explaining your emotions you're explaining your circumstance when you're reading a novel it's a person explaining what's going on in their head Mm -hmm. when you read a scholarly article it's someone explaining what they think is about something else so the act of writing, in much of the same way as speaking, is a filtration of lived or figmentary experiences through a shared media form.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a way to get what's in, up in your brain out to yep. other people.
1: Yep. And this quote just really is interesting to me because for multiple reasons, it is a flawed quote, but a perfect yeah.
0: quote. I, I I would certainly agree it's flawed in certain sense. I think... Just in the same way that you can talk about music, writing about music is valid. I also think dancing in architecture, like, I think that's kind of, like, taking the point and, like, making it a bit more absurd, but that's for the point of... But that's saying dance is not explanatory. Well, okay. I think in the sense that, like, writing can more usefully convey the point you're trying to send about music in the sense... I'm not saying that dance is not explanatory or does not um, get the point across ever. I think that writing is more fit.
1: For that yeah I I guess I will say something that most definitely has blown my girlfriend's mind and blown my parents mind Mm
2: -hmm.
1: everything that is produced by a human is art if you define art as explanatory editable refinable process Mm -hmm. because when you paint right well look at the fine arts painting drawing sculpting right it's editable and if it's not editable you can practice it over and over and over again okay okay dance You choreograph, you write it, Mm -hmm. you practice it, you practice it, you practice it. Sure, you have a live performance, but it's been rehearsed. Mm -hmm. A speech, edited, rehearsed. You, writing a program for your computer. Right. You don't think of it as art, as in, like, it's pretty or something. Right. But, I mean, I would. I'd consider that extremely creative. Mm -hmm. As a person who does not consider himself standard-line creative, I'm not creative enough to sit down and write a line of code. I'd be like, uh, -hmm. I can talk nonstop or I can write nonstop. Right. How have you defined art prior to this?
0: If you would ask me, is programming art? I would say that's kind of a stretch, but I guess you could think of it like that. But when I think art, I think something that is the purpose of it is to just to be just to exist and to be like a representation for something or just just not necessarily a representation maybe but just like it serves no inherent function okay a program is more so like a tool than art because you write this to do something I mean some people write like silly programs just like let's make a cow say a funny thing for me like this kind of stuff that I write at work I don't consider that art I consider that this is I'm writing tools I'm writing a something a machine uses like that kind mm-hmm. of thing Same, I don't want to say art has no purpose because it does it definitely does I just to me like it the point of art is that it exists and that is like saying it doesn't have a function i feel like is dismissive but i think that's just the clear like that's like the easiest way for me to say what makes the difference between art and what isn't art. Yeah. i guess where do i go from this you're living in the modern era
1: right i suppose a good place for me to start with this is by explaining myself and my studies Right, because I mean, I'm sure you don't fully know what I do, right? Not You're just 100%, like no. he's an art historian; he wants to be a yeah. curator in a museum. Yeah, that's my. He works with fine arts. Right. Um, I specifically am looking into becoming a conceptual art historian, so this is great because I don't care necessarily about the physical objects. I do, but I care about how we interact with them, what the artist's intentions were when they were made. Right. So it's not like oh, this color blue represents la di da di mm-hmm. da. You think the artist was trying to do this, or, this or wanted to, or even this is how a viewer interprets the artwork. Okay. Um, and in order to do that, i found best to go way back to the classics, so the Greco-Roman world that existed two thousand years ago, mm-hmm. and then contemporary media. Okay. So I have a large basis of my work and knowledge it is nineteen fifties to present. Okay. Like my favorite artist, who I know too much about right. uh, was really popular in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I think he committed suicide in the late 60s. Okay. Um, I mean, you can be popular after death, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, SF MOMA just sold one of his paintings for $60 million. Oh my god. So, okay. But that's... Oh, man, there's so many thoughts. So fast. <laughs> um, So bringing that up leaves me to what you're talking about is art for art's sake. Yes. You're making something because it's pretty it's an object it's existing like existential but it doesn't
0: do anything
1: it doesn't do anything so that's art for art's sake right which was a term coined in the mid 19th century 1850 or so really became popular in the early 1920s and is super popular today abstract art by all means and purposes is art for art's sake right that's a modern concept okay the origin of painting, if we want to go all the way back to the beginning. Lascaux Caves, cave painting.
0: Yes. Can I make a guess? So my first thought is, this is basically the point of recording in the sense of, like, having something physical and tangible information, I guess, before writing or language or cameras. Like <laughs> that kind of thing.
1: It's deco, to point out, to show, to say. Mm-hmm. It's recording. A lot of the times... Well, I mean, we don't know a lot about, like, Lascaux and uh, Chamelea caves in Mm -hmm. France, but we assume that they are storytelling warnings. There's a lot of the times you'll walk into a cave and there's, like, a single bear or something. Yeah. And it's like, because they have various colors, but it's, like, dark, dark, bloody red. And you're like, oh, there's bears in this area. Watch out. Or, like, a bear sleeps in this den kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But then also, there's so many times that it's so figurative, and you're like, this has to be a hunting scene. It's telling the story of a hunter, or it could be an early form of religion, which is, once again, just storytelling.
2: Right.
1: And then going into the Greeks and Romans, we think of it, art, as a variety of things. It's a memorial for the family. It's a status symbol. So it doesn't necessarily do anything, but it very much does something. Like, oh, this family is educated wealthy has this background Mm -hmm. and then it's religious it's storytelling the Renaissance and biblical paintings Mm -hmm. it's all storytelling so at this point they're explicitly telling a story they're doing something they have a purpose Mm -hmm. they are functional items I don't like thinking of them as only functional items because then that gets rid of the idea of an aesthetic value. Right. But they're functional. Like, yeah. There yeah. is some core part of them that is functional. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that a lot of that comes from me as, I mean, ugh, I hate to admit it, I'm trained as an archaeologist. I'm getting <laughs> a master's in archaeology. Right. But they're always functional. And the idea of an artist, modern, probably Renaissance-ish.
0: So when you say artist, do you mean like? They're
1: craftsmen. so a painter or a stonesman in the ancient world it's the like the person who carves your stone statue has the same ranking in society and the same perception in society as the person who pulled the stone out of the mountain Hmm. even though you'd think of them as completely different people right right like the person who pulled the stone out of the mountain is a menial laborer maybe not that smart not that creative and then the person I mean, who... <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're making some assumptions here. I mean, but I, I get what you're saying. Like, when I think of a, like, a minor, I guess, in that sense, I th- like, my initial thought is something very different than if you said, if you said, this person is an artist, this person is a minor. Like, I would initially, I guess I would just instinctually think there are probably some different aspects about these people mm-hmm. that I could, I can infer based on their role, I guess.
1: That wasn't a thing for the ancient Romans. Hmm. That wasn't a thing for the medieval Normans. Most definitely was not a thing for, like, Native American peoples. Hmm. Not a thing for the Renaissance peoples, even. Michelangelo and Raphael were probably the first true artists as we think of them. Like that era. Really? Permagino, Perugino, hmm. Sebastio del Piombo. I know all names that you don't <laughs> care about. Right, right. I'm this good, is still I'm very mus- much... I'm a good listener. Though. I went to it's Italy good. six months ago. Ugh, mm-hmm. It's in my brain. So thinking of art in that way, it's very easy to relate it to almost what you do. Right. Because, I mean, there's very much... You write code to be functional. Yes. But I mean code also when you actually... The thing that the code produces can be pretty. Right. Or the co- thing that the code produces could be a status symbol. You could sure. be coding some sort of story,
0: right? I mean, programming is how you make video games like that. that you can you come out with something tangible. Yep, I guess.
1: Yeah, so it's very weird, weird, <laughs> weird to think about. But in a way, everything that a human produces is art. It's just not all
0: First, quote
1: fine art unquote.
0: Right, right. Like
1: fine art has been defined by the past two thousand years of slow privilege from wealthy elites like claiming objects and so on and so forth and that's usually sculpture drawing painting recently video and photography Mm -hmm. so this is just very interesting to me because i'm like thinking of architecture architecture is explanatory when you build a building well a whole bunch of complicated things with modernist modernism movements and pomo postmodern movements and deconstructionism and stuff that we don't care about. Mm-hmm. But when you're building a building, it has a purpose, and you're making it pretty. Whether those align or not, there's a really famous comparison by Venturi Scott, Venturi and Scott Brown of, do you make a duck so it looks like a duck, so it is a duck, so it functions like a duck, or do you make a decorated shed? It's a shed. It has a functional purpose. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you decorate it. I, wait a minute, okay.
1: Right, so okay, you're building a house. Yes. So you make it look like when you're building the house and you're like, okay, it has to have these, these, and these features. Yes. Those are inherent to how it looks. Verse, you build a house. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, we're going to paint it blue and it's going to look like this after you've built the house.
0: Okay. This so, is super like, weird and hard to explain. I, I guess in the sense of like... Do, do you do you couple the aesthetic with the functionality, or do you think of them as two distinct...
1: Is form inherent
0: to function. Right.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So, actually relatively famous building in the scope of architecture. The Death... Uh, God, we call it the Death Star on the UC Davis campus. Right. The Social Science and Humanities building. Uh-huh. I know you've seen it. We yeah. all consider yes. it a maze. It's super hard to navigate. Mm-hmm. That was an accident. It was a failure. But the actual... Like looking at the building, it's explaining the local landscape because it's meant to be a canyon and a waterfall and water flowing through it and trees, mm-hmm. and yet it's made out of metal and concrete. But once you realize what it's supposed to be, it's just like, holy shit.
2: <laughs> it's
1: exactly what this <laughs> is. So, in a sense, it's explanatory. Right. Or the museum I work at, the Minetti Shrub Museum, has this beautiful canopy that is meant to mimic plow fields and go into the land. And that's why we're only a single-story building. Mm -hmm. So, in a way, I mean, I guess this quote would say, I'm writing (laughs) about architecture. Mm -hmm. But it's just all cyclical, because architecture is writing about how we experience the land. Mm -hmm. And dancing, I mean, you... Choreography, literally, in the Greek word root, means writing dance. Huh.
0: That's interesting.
1: Chorea, chorus, to -hmm. dance, or dancers. And then, graphy, writing. Right so dancing is once again explanatory now it might be more explanatory than you think of when you think of um architecture but that's because architecture is a inherently elitist art form what do you mean by that (sighs) (laughs) so to like actually understand modern architecture you need a degree in art history okay it's not easily accessible like, I mean, if you were to look at the Monday t Museum, it would be like, cool, I like it. And then I'd be like, look at all of these things! Yeah. Because it requires a extensive knowledge to understand. Mm-hmm. Which I guess, in a way, dance is too. Interpretive dance can be accessible, but interpretive dance is not very accessible. Music can
0: be accessible. Right. Classical music? So it's the kind of thing where it's like, if you... So certain people, like depending on your your level of knowledge in the field you'll see you'll have a different appreciation yeah for the kind of thing. you'll see it differently
1: so I would perhaps say that writing seems so different is because it's accessible it's accessible and it's shared mm-hmm. even if I mean me, if I'm going to read an article in French, which I have no training in whatsoever right. especially via modern technology, it's accessible, and I mean you it's writing. You recognize it as writing. And I, I could take it to my friend who speaks French and be like, can you read this to me? Yeah. Writing is perhaps one of the most basic
0: core features of explanatory methodology. Right. You might not know how to write or how to... Or not, sorry, you might not know how to dance or how to build a building, but it's a pretty safe assumption that you can read. Especially in the modern
1: era in,
0: right. in first
1: the... and second world countries. Right. This is also... We have to think of a, we have to acknowledge our own privilege. We're yeah, yeah. Two white boys who grew up in middle class families yeah. in America.
0: Yes. So we 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 are privileged straight white men. <laughs> I assume you're straight, but that's who knows? Cis, Whatever. Who knows? Yeah. So we are we are inherently. I don't know. Well, I was gonna say I don't know necessarily how that's relevant to what we're talking about, but just for the sake of it's relevant to saying that everyone that writing, writing is, is
1: yeah okay speech that's fair. speech is the true norm the true um, baseline yeah the true baseline or movement even right but in the modern era in our level of privilege which is honestly middle class yeah writing is easily accessible
2: Mm -hmm.
1: it is weird writing about art writing about music writing about dancing yeah because you're writing about someone else's experience Mm -hmm. working with interpretation it's very scary and kind of sketchy when i go to say when you approach a statue this is probably what you think or when the artist carved this piece of marble this is what he had on his mind especially talking about ancient artwork Mm -hmm. with modern stuff it's a lot easier a lot of the times because i mean i have a stack of rothko letters that's like 50 75 letters long or oh my gosh a van gogh we have a huge compendium of his letters to his brother theo so you are inherently know what the person is thinking of course that's more research as opposed to like with ancient stuff i don't know what they're thinking i just have to look at the society and a lot of the times look at i mean our own instinctual reactions that are not inherently based on our contemporary society so like my recent thesis work wow everything comes back to my thesis (laughs) don't become an academic kids (laughs) i took this statue that is fairly ambiguous and then i compared it to two different statues which are not at all ambiguous one of which is a pair of youthful men that we know the story that they killed a tyrant they're worshipped they pretty much became gods Mm -hmm. so to access that you need to have a certain amount of knowledge right you need to be well versed in Athenian politics and recent history, or well ancient history, depending on when you're viewing the statue. Right.
0: If there's writing
1: associated with it, you need to be educated. Right. Literacy you can't assume back then. Ah. Oh. Um, you also have to have a certain amount of visual literacy. Do you realize that they're in heroic nude? Or then there's portraits of the god, or and that's referencing like a single story. Like right. you know this is a written shared story and then there's like a portrait of a god which is like okay there's many stories of the gods this is not referencing a singular story of the god and any person who would see this hypothetically would know who the gods are because the gods are super inherent but if they aren't visually literate then they're like is that a lightning bolt is that like a ball of fur what is this how do i know that this is zeus or if they were a foreigner it's inaccessible. And that's what you kind of write about because you're writing about experiences. Yes. Like you're writing about how someone experiences something mm-hmm. who's not yourself. Right. And then my third case was working on the discodulus and how we don't know if it was a distinct story. And it probably wasn't a god. All the arguments for it being a god are ridiculous. Right. So how do you approach this piece that we, to Three thousand years later, don't know how a person experienced it. We don't know how the artist, the experience of the artist when they made it. So that is where this quote is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But I mean, oh man,
0: I'm sorry, I've been rambling. No, you are you. This is perfectly fine. So it's the kind of the idea that like art is taking something from your mind and putting it onto something that someone else can absorb. But then the question there is like if you don't have if you don't have the 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 pathway from what they put down to the actual thing in their mind you're just going straight from what they wrote down to what your mind is does the does the do you get what do you have the same mm-hmm. that do you get to their mind that same way or do you get something completely different yeah that's interesting yep. yep that's that's something that i am interested in psychology and sociology and that kind of thing up until maybe my junior year of high school i was convinced i wanted to be a psychology major until I learned, I want to make money when I graduate college. college. So, like psychology is like a field I would very, I very much be interested in studying, but not necessarily in making a career out of. But I've always been fascinated by the idea that you can take the same piece of, I guess, art or writing or just any sort of expressive medium, give it to two people, and they will have the same. They will have the same experience in the sense that. You gave them the same piece of medium, whatever it is, but they will come away with two completely different opinions, two completely different understandings of what it is. That's very...
1: Experience, interpretation, it's so interesting. Um, It makes me think of nature versus nurture, but in this instance, it's both. Yes. How we view the world entirely. I mean, that's the point of this podcast. Yeah. We grew up in the same hometown... We both played tennis. We both went to Corning High School. We both went to Maywood Middle School. We did yeah. like very, very similar things. Yeah, exactly. But now, now I am are... stoked in the human, the human expression, the human interaction. And you're yes, stoked. I, in... I'm
0: in systems. I'm in like mm-hmm. logic and yeah. like that kind of thing. I'm so.
1: understanding humans. You're assisting humans. Yeah, I mean everything our existence has has to be related to humans because that's how we are human that's how humans work right it's weird Any thoughts Mm -hmm. yeah so this is hopefully what i'm going to work on for my phd is interpretation and experience of art it'll Mm -hmm. be interesting no one really does it which is strange to me because it seems
0: yeah natural maybe we'll be the first person to dance about architecture oh who
1: knows knows? um actually uh the ballet carmen Mm -hmm. has this
0: a small chunk where they are dancing about architecture <laughs> so maybe you'll be mm-hmm. the first person to do, do uh what's that um synchronized swimming <laughs> about uh <laughs> synchronized swimming about sure uh, I love um, it pottery I don't know oh, sure <laughs> just two very different mediums mm-hmm. so actually something I always, I just kind of was thinking about like intermittently is the idea that like different mediums have like can portray different things just like so like the point i mentioned like initially about like like in speech you have intonation you have like emphasis on things like whereas in in speech like you can put like italics and bold and that kind of thing to like inject intonation or Mm -hmm. that kind of thing but like it's the idea that like something i've noticed is and i've been victim is that it's quite hard to tell sarcasm over well in some sense it's hard to tell sarcasm over text or there are certain things where it's like Me speaking this sentence makes more sense because I can put emphasis on different words. Whereas if you're reading it, all words have the same emphasis. So different mediums are good at expressing different. They have different aspects to them that makes it easier to express things. Like, there are certain things in dance that you can't... Like, you can write down. This person is, like, holding their leg in such a way and they do this move. But you don't get the actual body language. Right. you You don't get the same experience. It's not the same kind of expression. Wow, I really wish
1: I had more linguistic training here. Uh, So you are talking about lingual forms of expression, and this is very important if you take dance as a language, painting as a language. Okay. Yeah, I see that head tilt. (laughs) Uh, Weird to think about, huh? Yeah. Um, So dance as a language is very similar to body Body language. language. Right. English as a written language is very flawed. It's been... We massively simplified. A lot of inconsistencies. Eh, that's not the big problem. The big problem okay. is that it's been simplified to the point of word order.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow, word order. It's a lovely thing. We always have to have subject, object, verb. Which means, inherently, the subject is always the most important thing. Which right. is why everyone hates passive voice. Yeah. Part of the reason. Yep. In a fully inflected language, such as German, Greek, Latin mm-hmm. examples that I'm trained in. Right uh word order is not inherently necessary the mm-hmm. reason why word order exists in any form in those languages is for inflection
2: <laughs>
1: so if i'm going to say i love you in latin normally you would just say amo which is because just the word the for verb. love yep right well the verb for love right but if i'm emphasizing i love you i would just say ego amo mm-hmm. i love or if it's just, I love you, you would mm-hmm. just say, amo te. Mm-hmm. So, right, like, it's not yeah. necessary. Actually, if I were to say, I love it, you, I would probably say, te amo. So then, you are the you first is the, word the first, the you hit part. it.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Or like, I love you, and you want to say all the words, it would be, amo ego te. And I mean, German, German's a little more stiff because it's a modern <laughs> language, and modern languages are more stiff. In general but you could do the same thing like if the time is super important i will meet you at noon mm-hmm. you
0: would say at noon i, I will meet, meet you, you. Mm-hmm. interesting i remember i think this was a Vsauce video a sen- the sentence was like i do not wish to shop for shoes and the idea was like depending on where you put the emphasis on the word it has a different meaning like if you say i, I do not wish to noon. shop for shoes that means like oh this other person i know might i don't wish to shop for shoes means i'll go steal this person's shoes or i'll take them for free or i just want that like yeah just give them yeah. to me i do not wish to shop for shoes in the sense that you in the same sense that you would wish for immortality or that kind of thing or like it's, you need to do it but you yeah. don't want to do it right yeah that's that i feel like that might well i mean you kind of can get that in not so much in well i guess in written form you can kind of do that because you can write out like the words differently but that's kind of well that's using font and so on and so forth yeah well i mean like you can kind of inject that into like text yeah but the that's like
1: the linguistic literal literature aspect of it does not have that right that is the physical
0: aspect of it like writing yes Mm
1: -hmm. so yeah
0: there are just certain things that you just cannot express in certain Mm -hmm. mediums yeah so also
1: since i just said painting as a language i figured i should give you an example because you're probably like huh never thought of it before yeah colors. colors are the big thing if you if you have the same exact painting and one of it is in light blues whites light grays you might think of it as like happy mellow mm-hmm. but then if it's like Dark blue, a little bit of purple, red, black. It's angry. Right. It's the same exact painting. Interesting. Warm colors versus cool colors. How the colors are paired. Hmm. Color. Well, I guess color is a language, which I'm sure has been said a million <laughs> times before. Joseph Albers, great artist. Mm-hmm. Color theorist. Yeah. Hmm. Language. So, looking back at our quote, Writing do you think it? Martin Mull meant it as comedic
0: or as serious? I think the comparison to dancing about literature or dance sorry dancing about architecture is absurd enough that that was supposed to be a joke but I think the idea that like you are taking an expression from a medium and then discussing it or expressing it in a different medium that does not have the same conventions and the same range of possible mm-hmm. expressions I think he was presenting that serious idea with a comedic uh, facade yes sure
1: to use architecture terminology <laughs> yeah experiences interpretation hmm. how can we explain something else hmm. good talks yeah thank you for listening to dichotomy once again
0: i was wyatt i still am michael <laughs> <laughs> Existentialism. Yes. and we will see you next time i suppose
1: Thank you for listening to Dichotomy. Our logo is made by Amber Utterbeck underscore art on Instagram, and the music is Antidepressor by Friendzoned, used with a Creative Commons license. Please like and subscribe our podcast, and feel free to leave a comment about anything you're thinking about. We're talking about lots of heavy topics and would love to expand our conversation. Thank you.